This podcast is sponsored by YYC Real Estate Group, offering a tailor-made service, versatility and expertise for all your real estate needs. Are you thinking about selling, buying, investing or having your properties managed? For more information, check our website, www.yycrealestategroup.com. We are passionate about real estate and we love to support local businesses. We hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Cheers. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 37 with Behind the Business. Today, we have a very special guest, Jeremy Ho. Jeremy Ho is one of the co-founders of Monogram Coffee, a local coffee business that's all about coffee that inspires wonder and warmth. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome, Jeremy. Welcome. Thank you. So uh, yeah, I've seen like a you, you guys have a couple stores, don't you? Yeah, we have. Um, <clears throat> so in Calgary, we have uh, we have three stores, but we're opening one. Like it was supposed to open yesterday, but it's um, it's opening in about a week now, probably. Like you just know how construction delays go sometimes, but yeah. So that'll be our fourth store, and then we're opening a new concept in Burnaby, and that will actually be opening in like a week or so too. <laughs> so. Yeah. So where's the new location? It's in the university district. Oh, okay. Yeah. So in the new development area there. Yeah, there's that retail street. Um, yeah, so yeah, we're right there. So I'm excited for that one, actually. Yeah, that would be a great spot for all the uh, university kids. Mm-hmm. Well, I think even beyond that, like the, the neighborhoods in that area, like the, you know, varsity and all of that. Like, I feel like there's so, there's not a lot of cafes in the Northwest for whatever reason. And so, and, and then there's the children's hospital there. So I think it'll be really good. Yeah. Cause your first location was on, uh, in Marta loop, right? Yeah. In Altador. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny because I, I used to go there all the time, like just for client meetings. Yeah. Uh, like it was a good spot for just to have like meetings with clients and stuff like that um, when I was in the area. And then yeah. uh, we met like afterwards uh, just playing floor hockey. And like, I had no idea that you were one of the co-founders of it. Oh, cool. Yeah. I didn't know that you were going there before we actually had met Dave. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, appreciate uh, that. I was actually having a meeting here. Like I was, I was there with the builder meeting because there's a builder that builds in that community, and uh, he wanted to meet at that coffee shop. I was going there yeah. before, so after oh, cool. that, it was a pretty cool vibe. So I just kept on going back there uh, just mm-hmm. because it was nice and quiet, good spot to sit. So, well, much appreciated, Dave. Yeah, <laughs> I've been there a few times. I've been there a few times. Thank you, Jason. Yeah. How long have you guys been open for, and like, what got you in the business for? You know coffee i feel like that's a very competitive space you know you got timmy's you got starbucks and you got a lot a lot of coffee shops coming up um what made you get into that coffee is some one of those things that like i never thought that i would be doing obviously um you know i i followed like the very typical you know asian path so like i went to school for biomedical sciences and i was you know, on track to do medicine, which I would like had a big passion for at the time. Um, you know, I did like everything I did the MCAT, I interviewed and everything, and I got rejected twice from medical school. Um, but during that time, um, I sort of like, I, I started to fall in love with coffee, but just as like something new, you know, like just something exciting, but it, you know, I never considered it as passion. I visited my sister in a cafe in Vancouver and this was like in 2005 um, and she's going to school there and you know the cafe had coffee that had like tasting notes like wine you know when you have wine it's like this wine tastes like this 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 and this I was like oh that's weird I've never seen that for coffee like I for me coffee at the time was just like you just load it with cream and sugar and you just drink it when you need to stay awake so you know I Huh? That's how I drink my coffee, just cream and sugar. Yeah, that's that's yeah. how most people drink their coffee. Like and and so all I'm saying is like I guess I didn't know much about the industry at the time. And like so I I you know perceived it very much like everyone else does. And um but yeah, so that I I, I took a sip of those coffees and I could actually taste like the flavors of some of them and, and that really kind of like sparked my interest. It was a bit of an aha moment for me. And so that's what got me into coffee to begin with. And I came back home. I, you know, I was going to school. I worked part-time in a cafe and just started 
you know, developing my passion. And then I really started to fall in love with working in a cafe and just learning the, the vast amounts of information that sort of you are learning, you know, that when you're in an exponential learning phase of something new, it's always so fun. And it's, so I, you know, that really drew me in. I thought I was going into medicine, but you know, I think as doors closed, um, others open and I, and I really started to think about like, okay, well, if, instead of trying more for, for medicine, why don't I just follow what I think I'm actually passionate about and that's coffee. So I just started working in like other cafes in Calgary and just doing that full time. I really loved it. And, and then, uh, met my two partners and, and we decided to, to branch off. And so we started monogram actually not too long ago. Uh, just at the very end of 2014, uh, pretty much 20 and uh, beginning of 2015. So about, about six years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind, of, that's kind of when I got into the real estate industry and uh, that's actually around the time that I went to the shop. So yeah. Was, so that was, was, yeah, that, that was probably the right. Uh, in fact, when you had went, was it, was it actually only half the size of what it is now? Do you remember or? Um, no, it, it had the seating area on the right. Okay. Yeah, when we first opened that one, it was only like 400 square feet, and uh, <laughs> and it, it like where where the seating area is was a was actually a, a hair salon, um, and then we ended up taking over that side, and then um, yeah, we bought like that side, and then just blasted through, and yeah, so good times. Because didn't you go to uh, like some of those um, like coffee like uh, barista um, like championship stuff? Do like the events? I saw you guys have a bunch of awards there and stuff. Yeah, that's something that's been kind of a fun part of what we've always been doing. And we, so one of my partners, Ben and I, we've both like, so we were both in like the, the coffee competition circuit before. So there's like a whole sub world of like, you know, um, like coffee competition. It's huge for our industry. Like it's, it's, you know, if you do well, it's big for our industry, but to the average person, like no one has ever heard of it. Right. It's one of those kind of things. But it's it's really important for our industry, and so um, yeah, we've over time like we've won competitions. Sorry, what do you guys do at these competitions? Yeah, so you make like uh, four espressos, four milk drinks, and then four signature drinks for a panel of judges. But and you do this in fifteen minutes. But there's it's kind of like a mix of like it's not just making the drinks and just serving them. There's like a performance aspect, and there's also like an innovation aspect. So usually the way competition has evolved now it's like you're you're presenting an idea or a concept that is really innovative and moving the industry forward yeah the and 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 sometimes these are things that are like very very specific they're very like cutting edge and progressive like you know new varieties new processing techniques new things like that even on the the growing side um so it's it's very much like a celebration of i think all things new in coffee and then you're sort of presenting that with like a script. There's kind of like, you know, it's essentially like a performance in some ways. Like, um, you know how like Formula One is like the cutting edge of like car racing, but like not all of those cars are very applicable to like standard road cars, but the technology trickles down eventually, right? So it's the same kind of idea, like in the competitions, you're trying to do something that's like probably not applicable in everyday industry but then those innovations help move little things forward over time so mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense that's cool though tell me more about like your partnership and uh how that formed because you make it sound so easy you guys formed a partnership opened up a shop like i know there's a lot of work behind that yeah. like how did you how did it like it actually start to happen like you and your friend ben and is there someone else just just yeah mm-hmm. and like, yeah how did, how did that go yeah you're you're totally right i mean i'm sure you two i don't know how many partners there are but like, um you know having a partner or more is actually a, a very challenging thing it can either be the worst thing in the world or the best thing right and so and i think more often than not it like it probably is bad um but i feel really blessed because our our partnership is has gone very well and i think it's because we all we all trust each other but b i think we all share very very similar like levels of integrity and like ethics and morals and values so and 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 they're all very similar so i think it helps when you're running the business that you can sort of trust that another one of your partners is going to make the same um decision as you or like in the same you know 
spirit of the decision. Um, and we've like, we've, you know, put down all like, you know, we've explicitly written like all our values and our mission and our purpose as a company. And like all of those are like company wide so that our whole team is accountable. But in terms of the partnership itself, like the way it started, we, we were just friends. And honestly, I think we got lucky because we, I don't think we, knowing what I know now, we didn't know each other well enough to know if we would be good partners or not. Um, and so that's why I say we're lucky because like, you know, we were good friends, sure. But like, that's so different than like a working really. It's like, it's like that's having to me and Dave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we, we've known each other for since like grade nine or eight, so. Wow, yeah, see that's insane. But maybe you do know each other well enough then to know that you would want to go in business or not. Yeah, it's it's different though because like when you're hanging out as friends, it's like okay, you're hanging out with them for maybe like I don't know eight hours max or something like that. But when you're working with someone, it's like I think we spend more time uh, with each other or talking to each other than our own relationships. Like it's, yeah, exactly. It's crazy. So you're pretty much married to each other. Like <laughs> let's face it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So and it's totally different because sometimes like in friendships you may not like often you don't you sometimes you're not always challenged like in different scenarios that you would in business like you sometimes you're not necessarily making like stressful money decisions or like risk decisions per se like in friendship mm -hmm. um and i think that often is where you shows like people's values and and like you know their honesty and stuff too so you know it's hard to know i would say but yeah i think we all just had we we're friends and we all shared like a similar We've all, you know, you know, you when you're with friends or like coworkers, you, you talk about like, oh, like if I were to do things, it'd be like this or whatever. So we felt like we all shared the same set of values, and so we decided to jump in because we all we also felt like we had complementary skill sets too. But honestly, beyond that, like I feel like we got really lucky because I don't think we knew enough about each other to <laughs> to have gone into truth truthfully. So yeah. there's there's things I'm still learning about Dave. Right. Oh yeah, it just keeps <laughs> building, right? <laughs> I'm sure you'd say the same thing about you. Yeah, it takes time, and the thing too is that like a big thing for us is just not getting emotional about things, and like if there's an issue, like we'll resolve it, just yeah. so it doesn't carry on to the work, you know, and and kind of drag into things. Otherwise, like we don't come to a solution to a problem; it's just going to uh grow exponentially especially with someone else right so mm -hmm. we always kind of try to clear the air and and uh move forward because at the end of the day we have the similar vision of what we want to achieve and that supersedes anything that we feel you know exactly yeah as you kind of like there's something bigger than you that you're both working towards right so um you kind of have to put your differences aside to like make sure you're working towards it but yeah like is it just you two uh, it's us two as partners and yeah then have uh, uh what's it called another associate with us and then we have like another three that are just back end so mm -hmm. it's about six of us now um and uh yeah it's like it's different when you're dealing with just yourself but when you're dealing with uh, with other people as well, you need to be able to to kind of take a step back and and take a more of a like a managerial or, or leadership role on things so yeah like how, how many staff are you guys with right now um including like our roastery and warehouse i think we're at like 40 or so what <laughs> yeah do you, guys, do you guys make your own coffee too yeah we roast our own so we source we source all our own coffee we roast it um yeah we so we have our cafes but we also have like our online subscription business and then our wholesale as well too so we supply cafes and restaurants and you know things like that across canada a little bit in the states and a little bit in asia too so crazy yeah because i've seen your guys' coffee in bc i was like oh shit like it's the same monogram coffee here yeah <laughs> Hopefully it's ours, not someone that ripped it off. <laughs> no, no yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have some really good partners in BC. Yeah. So Yeah. That's cool. So so is the roasting business like its whole its own separate business? Um kind like kind of. So we did actually set up like a roasting facility um as technically a separate business. 
um, because we wanted it to, you know, so community is like one of our five core values. And so what we did was we set up our roasting business to also be what's called like a toll roasting facility. So essentially, let's say like, um, you know, you two wanted to branch off into the coffee business and you sourced your own raw coffee, but like, you know, it's a lot of, it's a huge amount of capital to open up a, a roasting facility. Um, and so maybe you just want the roasting service done. So we would do that roasting service for you, for your, your like exact standards for a toll price. And then, you know, roast it, bag it up. And then you, so you pretty much give us the raw coffee. We roast it, bag it up and then send it to you and you can, and it's in your own bags and whatever. And it's just a small part of our business, but we like that community feel to it. And it helps some other smaller um, you know, like if we had the service back and we just started, we would have, that we would have totally done it. Right. So it helps a lot of like small players and medium sized players, but, but technically it's a separate business, but really it's just there to, to supply our, our, our business. Yeah. So it's like a subsidiary, but it, it, it's primarily for your roasting and then you guys kind of contract out. Um, exactly. Yeah. That's pretty sweet because then that, that means we could do a YYC coffee if we wanted to. <laughs> yeah, we could. I, it would probably be under Monogram because what we, you, unless you've already sourced the coffee. <laughs> but yeah, we could totally do something. Sure, that'd be really cool, actually, because yeah. it would be a really good client gift because I find that a lot of our clients love coffee. Like I'm, I'm drinking coffee right now. Yeah. And so are you, I guess. Everyone yeah. drinks coffee. Everyone drinks coffee. Yeah, exactly. Especially in Canada where I think per capita we're one of the top 10 consumers of coffee in the world so yeah i think that's like one of the first things i need in the morning just to start my day is a cup of coffee it's like yeah first thing i'm doing is grinding beans yeah and it feels incomplete if you aren't able to get that right like you feel like it's become part of your like mental you know ritual right yeah i think yeah. it's the biggest drug in the world <laughs> yeah some a lot of people do like to say it's a drug yeah i don't say it like that but it is it is definitely is like people are definitely dependent on it that's for sure yeah. i feel like i can't start my day without it so i, I have mm -hmm. to drink a cup of coffee at least and like i'll even have a cup like I'll, I'll drink like half my coffee in the morning and then i'll leave like just maybe a quarter of it for the evening so when i come home i'll, I'll just finish that and i'm like good <laughs> good for the evening so you're just a one cup a day then, Dave? Yeah, one cup. Jason, how about you? How many do you drink? One, one cup. One? Yeah, that's good. I actually only drink about one or maybe two sometimes, but yeah, I people always think I drink a ton of coffee every day, but it's not true. <laughs> yeah. What even makes a good coffee? Good like, question. That's yeah. that's a million dollar question, Jason. Um, <laughs> so there are actual like there are definitely very specific tangible quality things. So um, there are sort of, I would say there's several factors that can, uh, that determine a coffee's quality. So one is um, the variety of a coffee. So like apples, you know, there's different types of apples. Coffee is actually a fruit. So um, it's grown like a coffee cherry and then the seeds inside are like the beans that we roast and, and brew. Um, but so every coffee plant, um, is like a different variety of a different species and that actually all determines the coffee's flavor. So just like there's multiple types of apples and we all know that like a golden delicious will taste different from like a granny Smith, right? It's the same thing. Same with grape varieties, right? A, a Pinot Noir grape is different than, you know, a Pinot Grigio or like something else. Like there's so many differences because of variety. So, well, that's one. The second thing is something called processing, which describes the process of, of taking the coffee um, seed from the fruit itself. And you can do that through, there's so many ways of doing it. There's fermentation involved in this. Um, you know, you can leave it in the cherry and let it dry and then take it off, or you can take it off right away and then let it ferment on its own or everything in between. There's so many innovations happening in this field too, that are borrowing from the wine industry, but um, that actually influences the way a coffee tastes. It can make it taste a lot more like fermented or not. So that's another one. And then the third is kind of like the, I would say, well, I guess the, the roasting. So the coffee gets dried and then it gets, you know, shipped. Um, but then the roasting side is huge. You want to, and then that's philosophical and on how your business decides to approach that. Yeah. Roasting. I just want to make sure mm -hmm. I'm roasting. Is this how you bake it? 
the yeah, so it's it's actually not baking. Um, it's but it's a, it's like same idea. You're heating up the beans, but um, baking implies like a single temperature, and you're putting something in for like that one temperature for sort of a period of time, right? Like you know when you bake bread, whatever, three fifty, you put in your loaf, and then after twenty minutes, you take it out. Roasting. Um, so if you looked at our roasting software, it's actually really um, we control and track a lot of things. So our roasters hooked up with a ton of temperature probes to. Uh, like we have a couple screens and they all track like through a software, essentially a pro a graphing roast profile of the roast. So it measures the time and then the temperature, and then it measures like rates of rise for many different parts of the bean of temperature. And so it tracks like a, a graph, a profile of the roast. And then, so depending on how, how you follow this profile, you can actually influence the way the flavors of the beans are. So mm -hmm. you're going through many different temperatures. You're changing settings so that your roaster kind of feeds in, you know, different, more or less heat to put it simply. And, and so you're doing different things. There's different chemical reactions that are happening in the bean that produce flavors. Mm -hmm. So that's a quality step as well too. And then the brewing side is the other one. You can still screw up a really good coffee and, and right, like you could buy an amazing coffee and screw it up on the brew and it won't taste as good. So um, I would say what defines it, like those are the steps that can influence it, but what defines quality, it for so sure. So complex. It's super complex, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it is subjective what you think is, is like, if you enjoy something or not, really, that's what it comes down to, right? And that is subjective, but I do think there's actual objective um, standards of quality. There is like a scoring sort of like rubric that you can score a coffee at. Mm -hmm. And so you look at like, you know, if there's defective flavors or not, um, there's like a very a standardized thing that people use like uh, across the world. Um, you look at the sweetness of the coffee, you look at the acidity, you look at if there's really interesting flavors, like, like unique redeeming characteristics, so on and so forth. So, you know, there are some of those things too, but whether you like that or not is totally subjective. Yeah. 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 Like my favorite note is like the chocolatey caramel, mm -hmm. like dark roast. Mm -hmm. And then like, I just, um, like I either drink it like, uh, through a drip, like I weigh it out. Yeah. Um, nice. Good. Like a, like a 17 to one ratio. Yeah. And then, uh, I, I either do it through, um, uh, what's it called? The AeroPress or like the Haro V60. Yeah. Dave's got Dave's you're, you're <laughs> like well I just before COVID, like I bought a uh, espresso maker and I started getting really into coffee just because we used to always go out and buy coffee. Right. And like, yeah. you know, coffee adds up when you get it from like Starbucks and it, it's, it's pretty basic. Mm -hmm. So I just was, so what I started doing was I, I started buying beans and just testing them out and seeing which ones I liked and uh, every time, like I went, like if I traveled somewhere, I'd buy a bag of beans and see how those beans tasted. Right, so yeah. um, it kind of became um, like a process because, uh, um, like, I just wanted to find a good cup of coffee and a good bean. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Mine's pretty standard. I just put the Nespresso in the the machine and hit. Nespresso is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, they make pretty good pods. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely the most convenient for sure. So yeah. I just like the process. Like, uh, mm. it reminds me of school, like, a like a lab lab testing. <laughs> yeah. When you, well, you're doing it right in that you're measuring every like part of it. And that's one of the key things for sure. Yeah. Consistency too with that. Cause then you, you get a good quality cup that's consistent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> when you first started out this uh, business, Jeremy, it seems like you have all these other avenues that you've branched out on. Um, like initially what was your goal and like you had one shop now you have you know four like how did you guys start evolving into these other avenues yeah how did you guys like scale it up yeah yeah so um i would say we always had a feeling that we w wanted to grow monogram more than just one cafe um from the very beginning we didn't I, for sure, we didn't have like a very clear vision of like what we wanted it to be exactly, but we knew we wanted to grow it. 
but we didn't have direction. It only was until a few years ago that we mapped out like what our 10 year goal is, what like our, you know, like our, our company direction would be and things like that. But at the beginning, we, we just kind of wanted to, to, to grow, I guess it was more organic than anything where, and it still kind of is, but like, you know, we didn't have a lot of metrics that we were trying to hit to, to grow in, in certain areas, but we did know, like knowing the business, like we, I, th- I feel like we knew the, the business side well of like kind of what you need to do to grow and like what, you know, what revenue streams and, and things like that um, are important for growth, especially for like the type of brand that we were trying to build. So we knew that at some point we would need to roast. We weren't roasting when we first started. So we knew that we would have to at some point, but it needed to make sense for us financially um, we knew that we wanted to wholesale because that's a huge sort of like, um, you know, revenue. And, and that's like the scalable side is like the online and, and wholesale and the roasting side. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also knew like we have a passion for the for the cafes and like we love that physical manifestation of our values mm-hmm. and our brand. And it builds the, the brand like the cafes mm-hmm. um, from the beginning, at least. So we knew that that was an important part. And then it's just kind of like fitting all of those things in just kind of happened organically at the beginning. And it wasn't until just more, like, you know, a few years ago that we were trying to do things a bit more strategically, but it's still like a lot of things are, are still a bit reactive, right? It's not everything is like totally proactive, but like if opportunities present themselves, um, you know, we, we see if they fit within our growth plan and then we, you know, act on them or turn them down depending on what we see. So it's not all just like, for sure, we're going to do this, this, and this, and then we've executed them and they're done. You know, things still come up, so. Mm-hmm. For sure. That's what I find with business is like, you see opportunities that you may or may want not want to take, right? And it, yeah. it makes sense. You'll, you'll go, you'll try it out. If it doesn't work, you're like, okay, yeah, let's scratch that, right? Yeah. But yeah, for sure, as entrepreneurs, it's like, you're always looking to expand, you know, yeah. in all ways, right? So. Yeah. And it's always like, you know, what you said, it's like weighing out those, like you will have opportunities, right? Like there's always opportunities, but it's like weighing out what is the best ones for you at the time and what makes sense for you. So yeah, for sure. It's always kind of like, you're always coming to those forks on the road, right? Yeah. Timing is everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's, it's grown quite a bit though, from, from the time that even um, I probably saw you last in person. Cause um, like I didn't even know about the uh, the downtown location. Cause the 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 latest one that I saw before that was the Elbow Drive. Mm-hmm. And that was a really good spot there because it's pretty good traffic and really good community in um, uh, yeah. Virginia, right? Mm-hmm. That by um, Elbow and fiftieth. Uh, fiftieth. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a little bit down, so yeah. it's 40, 40 uh, Technically, I think it's forty. Uh, is it? It's either fortieth Ave, I think it is. So it's right where that Suntera is. That where that's yeah, Suntera. Yeah, it's right in there. It's at that brick one. So you'll we're right on the corner on elbow. So yeah. Yeah, that one's pretty busy, like lively. Mm-hmm. Definitely, when you first yeah. started, were you working in the coffee shops? Are you still working in the coffee shops? Or what's your role now as the company's growing? Yeah, so we were we were working for sure in the the cafes when we first started. Like, of course, of course. Yeah, definitely, and and that was our background too. We had that experience. Like, we all were were baristas at some point, so we knew, like, we understood that side, which I think is really important. You want to be able to like know kind of every part of the business, and like, you know, you want to be able to empathize with what your staff and team are doing too, and understand that. But yeah, we did we did that a lot. Um, you know, when we first started, we we actually before we opened Altador, Dave, actually the one that you went to, we we actually built a coffee cart and we did like a little pop up in an art gallery, like before we even did that. And it was like so slow and like, you know, we were like twiddling our thumbs, but like we just needed to do something. So we yeah, we were definitely like get down and dirty into all that stuff. And um, but nowadays, like we knew that it, and we actually had to actively do this. Um, it's hard to separate yourself actually from those like day-to-day things like being a barista and like you know knowing when to to replace yourself essentially with staff to allow you to focus on other things and that was a challenge but we 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 had to do it and so nowadays like I we don't really work in the cafes at all like sure maybe if it was like slammed and I happened to be there one day I, I might you know help some customers out and like help the team but 
not in any really formal way. Um, and we have a great teams that probably do it better than us anyway. So, um, yeah, so it, it, it's cool to see, but now what I focus on is mostly like our, our marketing and like our brand and, and a bit of like the culture side of, of monogram. And then, you know, I still do a couple other random things. Like I do a lot of all our payroll, for example, or, you know, those kind of things like hiring and, and interviews I do as well too, but I mostly try to focus on the marketing side. Yeah. That's kind of my area. Yeah. Cause sometimes I still see you in the shop. Like you're just in the back. Like I've been there a couple of times and you're, you're just in the back on the computer, just like working. Yeah. In, in a non-pandemic time, it's actually kind of nice to be able to like, let's say you are working on your computer, but it's nice to be in the cafe sometimes and just to, so I do enjoy doing that too. Mm-hmm. I like being in the cafe. So yeah. For for a growing business, um, like I feel like this is kind of what we're me and Dave are going through. But like, what helped you learn how to start delegating the task? Like, what what do you think was was a, a shifting point for you to be like, okay, this I actually got to do this. Like, it's actually really hard to do to let go of that stuff. Yeah. I think I think when you start, I think when you start realizing that like your time is, is important. So like when, when you don't, and I'm, and to be honest, I still, I still like, there's still times I struggle with this for sure. But like when you are working like, you know, 24 seven, at some point, you know, <laughs> you, you have to realize that there's more work than like you can do. And that's totally up to you. Right. And, and so I think it's a couple of things. One is that I think you have to realize that your time is important. And so you need to, you know, make sure that you're focusing. If you, you need to focus on your sweet spot and the things that you feel like you're good at and what you want to do and and your strength for like, you know, the business and the partnership you both have, like, I'm sure each of you are good at something different. And so I think if the more that you realize that like, Hey, you know what, this is how I can best add value to the business is actually doing these things, but you find like, oh, but I'm actually like, you know, 80% of my time is actually doing all these other things. Not saying they're not important, but they're not, maybe not valuable for the business to have you do that. That's a good indicator that you need to offload those. Um, right? Like, cause like. We're going through that right now. I think we're going through that right now. <laughs> yeah. It, you're always, I feel like you're always going to go through it, to be honest. Um, you're always going to go through those stages, but I think it. I think especially when you're in the growth stage too, like I'm sure, you know, real estate, I know is so it's, it's wild right now. Right. So it's great. Like, you know, I'm sure you're going through that growth stage, but you start realizing like the only way that you can continue to grow better is like when you have people in a bit more specialized roles and then you can focus on the things that you're good at. Um, like it makes no, sure. I could be working in the cafes right now, but like, how is that's literally not going to add any value to, to monogram at all. Like, um, and so I think that's one. And then second, I think you have to, is you have to really learn to trust your team. So if you have good people, I think you need to, to like recognize that they're good and, and actually give up control, which I think is extremely hard for people that started the company like you two. Um, I'm sure that's a really hard, cause you always think that you can do the thing the best and maybe you can, but um, you need, the only way you can grow is if someone else is doing it um, for you. Or else there's no way you can work harder, right? Like ask yourselves, can you can you really work harder right now? Probably not. So how are you supposed to grow, right? <laughs> like what are you gonna work 26 hours in a day? Like it's impossible. So, you know, it's just at a, at a certain point you can't work any harder. So the only way you can grow is if you need people, you know, doing that work and and doing it and following your vision, right? So yeah, I think it's smarter. those two things. Yeah. <laughs> work smarter, not harder. Yeah, exactly. And like you know, like, I think also too, I mean, you each have your own personal values and preferences, but like at a certain point too, it's like, do you want to be working every like 24 hours a day? Don't like, you may want to actually like have a, maybe you want full control of your hours. Maybe you only want to work like four hours a day. I don't, I don't know. But like to be able to do that, you to be able to have that choice, you need to also be able to have, you know, delegation of tasks. Right. And then you can spend time on other things too. Right. Like your business, not only your life. Right. Yeah, that is true. But I had to learn that too. How are you finding, because um, you, you have a staff of 40, how are you screening the people you hire? Like, how are you finding the people in place for these roles? Like, do you do like a lengthy interview? Do you like, how, how are you screening these people and finding these people? 
Yeah, so I actually still do all the hiring myself. Um, I don't know if that, maybe that's something I need to delegate, but one of the strengths of our team is I think that we've hired well, but we've had to learn this over time too. Um, we, so I think there's a few stages. So one is like where you cast your net, where do you ask for applicants? Um, and one thing that we've tried to, to learn lately is that, you know, we want to have a more diverse team. We want to have a team that like reflects the diversity of our community more. And so I think we have to expand beyond our normal channels of asking for people that want to work for us. So like, you know, we know if we, if we just send out a job posting on Instagram with our following, but our following maybe is like mostly like, you know, uh, 20 to 30 year olds, like, you know, predominantly white, probably like, you know, you know 60% female, 40% male. So like we're, we're going to get those exact candidates. Right. So if we want a more diverse team, we have to start actually actively seeking out more like maybe community postings in different community groups that are different ethnicities or races or like whatever. And so we use some of our partnerships that we've made in the past and see if they will distribute the uh, um, like job postings through their communities too. So we try to, we try to lean on our community partners. So that's a, a new thing. So that's kind of how we cast the primarily through social or through these like community postings. Um, and then the second, then, and then we look, we ask them essentially to, to send them the resume, but also talk about which of our five core values that they most strongly align to. Cause I just want them to, to start thinking like, do these values align to me? And then like, start just putting some thought into like, you know, you want people to put some effort into their application. Right. Um, so that is like a good way to start getting a good sense of candidates. And then, and then I interviewed so you, you. You have five core values and then you yeah. ask them which values they connect with the most. Yeah. Which of the five they feel like they most strongly connect with and they just write something quick about it. Um, mm -hmm. And why? Mm -hmm. What are the five core values? I was curious. Yeah, it's so it's community, serving others, um, stewardship, quality, and wonder. Those are five. Yeah, um, yeah. And then we interview, and and I I have like a and I, this list of questions has evolved over time. I mean, you know how interviews go; like it's kind of fluid. But I usually try to assess. I try to assess those values in, in different ways throughout the interview. Like, who knows if that works or not, but. I do try to do that and it's, I, I do 30 minute interviews online and then, yeah, it's, and then we do references and, and then, uh, hire. So <laughs> I feel like that's what we should start doing Dave, because the way we're looking for people is just be like, Hey, do you want to work with us? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I think we definitely need to vet our process yeah. a bit better. Especially, but, you know, every every industry might be different too. I only know our industry. I have no idea how the you know real estate industry works, and perhaps it is more like you want you have personal connections. You you know, there's like superstars that you want to target, and like you know, those those are I think it's those are valuable too. I, I don't think those that you should not do that. But but if you are like, let's say you're at the point where you're like, we just want a, a group of applicants, like you know, you want to just cast the net out and see, then I think it's important to figure out how you're doing it and what you, how you're going to evaluate. But that's learned over time, I think, too. You'll, like, we, you know, I think of some of our hires before, like, in what we asked them. I used to ask the dumbest questions that are, like, so, and, like, afterward, I'm like, wait, what was I trying to get from that question? Like, I probably, like, there's no reason why I needed to ask that question. So, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's just all learning. Yeah, it's the process. Because, yeah, we just started hiring more people, like this year so right um and just because things just been kind of crazy right now so yeah but, uh, like before that we weren't even thinking about it well especially if it's like you want to build your team then it, i think the most important thing is making sure that people are the same like they that they share the same vision and values as you i think that's the most important thing mm -hmm. and you'll make mistakes for sure right you'll have to fire some people at some point which sucks but like you know it it's just part of the process yeah, it's just business, nothing personal. Yeah. How important would you say structure is to your business? Uh, yeah, we learned this the hard way. I think it's extremely important. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's super important. Like we went through so many years of, of, of not that much structure and more of just like, we'll, we'll all get the work done. Don't worry. Like we got it. Like, you know, like you'll, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and, and I think what structure does is, especially as you're growing, like, 
like you two right now are in this growth stage structure i think provides accountability that's what it does it provides accountability for for people and to and also eases stress a little bit like structure is there to help you be organized and so you don't have to like constantly be thinking about everything that you need to do to do or to like what you should focus on or not so i think structure is super important i think it's um even like personnel structure is important too like who's working like who like your um like you know your spheres of responsibilities and organizational chart like i feel like those are important so people know who to talk to like i think the more questions that you can answer for people like through structure is i think a positive because it just helps your team be more efficient now it sounds like we have amazing structure which we we oh definitely don't but we've we are learning and and you have to invest in a lot of tools to help you so we have done that but i see the difference between having good structure and bad structure and trust me we have had bad structure and now it's like a little bit better but it's still probably not where it needs to be well, it's different because you guys are dealing with like 40 staff too right so it's like and and not only on the um like the the retail front you guys got the roastery and the wholesale business too so it's like those are almost three different businesses on their own. But I do think like even on a small team, like I just think about if we had the structure and accountability earlier on mm-hmm. and we we're used to that and you sort of get, it helps, it becomes part of your culture, like in some ways too. Right. And I think like how, how much stronger we probably would have been since then, but it's all learning. But I do think like, even if you have, I think when you, you know, beyond like, when you have more than one person each to talk to, I feel like, which you do, I think, you know, you definitely need more structure, but you hardly learn until it's always like, you always feel like you're always catching up. So that's how I feel at least all the time. But uh, yeah, um, I, yeah, we're always, we're always playing catch up. It's like, okay, what, what needs to be done? Who need, what's next? You totally, know? Totally. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys have like weekly meetings or? Yeah, we do. So we have like, so the three owners, we always have a two-hour like catch-up meeting on Wednesday mornings. So that's kind of where we talk about a lot of different things. Like, because sometimes we don't know what like each person's team is doing, right? Like, and it and we also main strategy things to talk about, um, you know, personnel issues, whatever. So that's that. And then on Fridays, we sort of check in with any of our like senior leadership staff that like directly report to us. So, but we do it all three of us. So we do that for half an hour every um every friday so that's what we do on like the more senior level and then the hope is that our manager team is always checking in with our barista team as well too um so if you could go back to when you first started what advice would you give yourself (laughs) oh man so much advice (laughs) i would say you know one of the biggest things and advice i would learn is to like have definitely have better balance and to like value you know, all the parts of your life, like your business shouldn't be your life. I like, it should be a big part of your life, but it should not be the only thing. I think there's way more important things. And, you know, it, I think only focusing on that and like, I, we get it, there's seasons, right. There's sometimes you have to dive a bit more into it, but when it's like all encompassing, um, I don't think that's necessarily healthy for like you or like your relationships or like anything like that. So that's something I definitely had to learn and I'm still learning, but um, and I know that's a counter to like the, like the cool entrepreneur, you know, a lot of like entrepreneurs love to like have pride in how much they work and how little they sleep and like the hustle and the grind, which like, sure, I, I get it. But like, I feel like that's glamorized a bit too much sometimes. And I don't think it's necessarily healthy. Um, I think, so I, think that's I, I think everyone wants it, but then when you're actually in it, you're yeah, like, yeah. what the, what the hell's yeah, happening? Totally. Like everyone from the outside it looks cool right because it's like oh cool like they're pursuing a dream and they're like making it happen and and like yeah I get it but like you can do that but still have balance and in some ways when I see like people that have balance and have been able to achieve a lot too I'm always like even more jealous of those people because I'm like well you somehow you've been able to figure it all out in some way (laughs) you know so I feel like and that helps you also make decisions with like delegating and like you know, freeing up time or like even just knowing like what you're okay giving up or like accepting, you know, like, like I said, you can work 24 hours in a day, but like, you know, for what, you know, are you, for us, it's like, so I can 
work the, like make this much more for our business do like sure i'm sure maybe there's some opportunities i'm giving up by not or maybe or or i am getting when i do but sometimes you just have to give some things up too but i know i'm maybe i'm like in the minority i know a lot of people say like oh you gotta nose to the grindstone you only gotta work but i would say that's one thing i, I would have learned and then like the other just what you guys have uh, talked to me about just like structure and and having a clear vision of what you want monogram or like for me monogram to be and your business to be from the very beginning and actually like writing those down and thinking about them and then like as you grow you're always you'll have like a, a distinct like you know direction I feel like we didn't do that till too not too late but like I wish I had done that earlier on to give us a bit more focus so realign the goals yeah exactly and like your values as a business I think yeah, I think it's something that we should because we actually have like a mission statement, kind of like yeah, a, that's great. A common goal that we want. Mm. But I feel like that's like something that we can always tune as well because it's not like a um, like a like a it's like a fixed thing that can never be changed, right? So yeah, I think totally. your vision kind of changes and grows as you grow as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good to like check in with that, right? And at least just continuously think about things like that. Well, we, we were on another podcast and they asked us what where we saw us in five to ten years. And I had no idea. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we should probably talk about this. Yeah, they're like, what's your vision for the next five, ten years? And I'm like, that's a great question. Like, we just <laughs> even think about that. <laughs> what's your vision for the next five, ten years? Yeah, like we, we do have a ten-year vision. Um, so it, it's, it is to be like the biggest specialty coffee company in Canada. Um, wow. And so we want to have like yeah, and, and just be known as a company that lives uh, and and by its, our company's purpose and like really exemplifies it in our communities and so that's gonna grow through wholesale retail and you know online and so we do want to be the, like a, a major player but um it's what we call our big hairy and audacious goal that it's it is really scary like it's a bit scary to share it because it's like, oh, well, what if we don't like it? What if we fail, you know, which is, we definitely could. It's, it's an enormous goal. But um, yeah, I think it just ha- it's, in- it's inspiring that it motivates us to work hard towards it. Um, but yeah, that would be ours. But we but again, we didn't figure that out till like, you know, halfway through this journey. So I agree with you. I think it is important because it does help you know what you should be doing or not doing. <laughs> um just like we talked about Rachel, like there's all these opportunities that come up and sometimes you just don't know what to take but once you have a bit more of like your vision and i and the other thing i would say is the vision should be like reflective of your personal what you think like it doesn't always have to be like oh i want to be the you know most dominating real estate you know group in in the city it doesn't have to be that at all it can just be like hey our vision is actually you know do this i don't know how the business works but like do this revenue or just sell this many houses in a year and we'll be good with that. We'll, and just, you know, that's our goal. It's like, let's hit that and maintain it. And then, and that's just as good too, right? So it is personal. It doesn't always have to be like the flashy yeah. goal at all. But as long as you have a goal, then you know what to do, right? Maybe you'll spend more money or less money on certain things. Like, yeah, that just comes with scaling, right? Because I find that if, as you grow a business too, like you're also increasing your, your costs and expenses and everything like that. So you, you kind of want to have to have that growth be exponential to a certain point where it's like, it makes sense to that point as well. Cause yeah, um, like we hear about it all the time in real estate teams. Like they're like, we wish we didn't grow the team so big because now you have to essentially feed this machine just to keep it going. Right. And so it's like, yeah, it, it's kind of like a certain point of where you want to be. And, and also like quality of, balance um in your own personal life and business right exactly exactly right like you just knowing what you would be happy with i guess and like what you want like you know why i see to be and like it maybe it doesn't have to be the biggest right but if you're happy with where where you want it to be positioned then it's like sweet we have our sweet spot and i love it and that's what it is and you know so it's whatever it's whatever you want it to be but i think our goal is uh 100 deals a year yeah that that's cool. yeah that's an amazing goal like i think and and if you know that then it's like that's like a great 
it's simple, it's concise, it's good, it's like there. And then it's like, okay, how are we gonna do that? So it's like, what's our plan? When are we gonna get there? Like, what do we need for it? Yeah, yeah I think that's awesome. It, yeah, it's like taking that big vision and then like breaking it down to smaller attainable goals, like mm-hmm. uh, yearly, monthly, weekly, daily, and just focus on those tasks, right? Exactly, yeah. And that's, I find that hard too. Like we still have some challenges with that, but. Um, I find it just, it definitely does help. Like, especially, you know, on a month to month or year to year basis, like it's very easy to get confused. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, How did you guys come up with the name of Monogram? <laughs> um, well, the, the answer I give to like the general public is, is the, is we love like the meaning behind the name Monogram. So that uh, Monogram is like a, you know, it's like a stamp where it's comprised of individual like letters to make like a, a monogram of like, you know, family names might have like a monogram, right? Like, you know, whatever for me be like J H or something. Right. And they usually stamp something to market as a unique stamp. So I, we loved how it was kind of like, well, it's like th- many different people coming together to create a unique stamp on like our coffee industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but truthfully, that's not how we came up with the name that, the name was because we were just like suggesting names that we thought sounded cool. <laughs> and we're like, Oh, this one sounds good. Like it's, it rolls off the tongue. Well, and like, you know, it's, so then we chose it. And then we're like, we looked into meanings. We're like, Oh, it, it actually is like, we like the meaning. So like, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> yeah. It's a cool name. Yeah. So just by random, you guys pick monogram for the company name. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like random in the sense that you, you know, you're trying to think of names, yeah, right? Yeah. So you're suggesting them yeah. and like you hope that you think that what you're suggesting is good. I'm sure you know what it's like, like, uh, and then you're just like, okay, I guess it's that like, you know, my, I know my business partner was like, oh, it's kind of like children, which like, I don't have any, but like for him, he does. And he's like, yeah, you don't know if the name is right until you actually have the child and then they become what it is. So it's like, you just you come up with a name, you think you like it, but you, it won't fit until someone grows into it. So it's, I guess it's the same. Just okay. evolves into it. Yeah, totally. What's your guys' best seller? Like for drinks, um, lattes. Or, or, or for Oh, for coffee, um, it changes because our menu is seasonal. So it, it always changes. So we don't necessarily have like a one specific like um, bestseller. Um, so it, it definitely, it's hard to say. But uh, most, a lot of people like the approachable, like classic version, like flavor profiles. So like what you like, Dave, something more chocolatey, caramelly. People do enjoy that. But other people also come to us for like more exotic profiles, like, you know, coffees that taste more tropical and fruity and like really unique. So, you know, it depends on, on who you are, but I would say most people enjoy like a, a really good version of a, of like an approachable classic coffee. Okay. What's driving you to expand during this pandemic? Like, I feel like a lot of people are retracting, um, but it sounds like you guys are, are still wanting to grow and you guys are moving forward with growing. Yeah. It's called, it's called insanity. <laughs> Something snapped in my brain during the pandemic. And uh, <laughs> um, I think honestly, it's because of our 10 year goal. Um, that's what's driven us. So if we didn't have that goal, I, we likely would have stayed put on a lot of things and like, you know, and yeah, maybe retract or at least just don't do anything, but you know, opportunities came up and I think we were still pursuing projects that we had been working on for a while, like our Vancouver one. And so, you know, that one, it, it, we just want to make sure that we stay true to what we're doing. And like, we you do it and do it in a smart way. Like I'm not suddenly like, you know, we're like, Oh yeah, now's a good time to open up like 30 stores at the same time. But, you know, I think what moved us forward was that we had that goal and vision. So we're trying to stay true to it. Yeah. I think Vancouver is a great spot though, because it's kind of like yearly, it's kind of gloomy and stuff like too. And it's kind of like, you know, um, lots of rain. It's kind of cold, like kind of like that Seattle weather. Right. So it's like a nice warm cup of coffee is, is always like a, like a bit of a mood booster, I feel like. And, um, and I also feel like Starbucks is kind of pulling out like, like a lot of the major shops, um, in the cities, right? I don't think they're doing as great as they were like in the last, you know, five, 10 years. And I think a lot of people are wanting to support more of a local, um, like 
coffee um, like uh, coffee shops and cafes and stuff like that now mm-hmm. so i feel like it's it's good to kind of fill that void um that uh, you know like these big corporations were kind of in before but back because um especially with covid like the downtown sector is is quite hidden and people aren't really like i feel like starbucks was big but it's it's kind of scaling back now like, i don't even drink much starbucks now Right. Yeah. Yeah. The industry is changing a bit. And like, I feel like when you're, you know, a billion dollar company, you have the luxury to like just open and close stores at, at will. So like you're so metric focused. So I'm sure like Starbucks is maybe closing even profitable stores that maybe aren't like, maybe it's not worth it for them or whatever. Like, but um, yeah, I, I think the industry is changing and customer wants are definitely changing as well too. So, mm-hmm. so this podcast is about business. Any advice for entrepreneurs or someone wanting to get into business, even in coffee? Any any words of wisdom or advice that you'd like to share, Jeremy? Mm. <laughs> well, I don't know if I call them wisdom, but I have words. <laughs> um, I to me, it's just a lot of similar things to like what we all talked about today. Like, I would say, you know, you want to. I think it's really important to really understand the industry that you're getting into before you do it. Um, like, I think if I were to go into a totally different industry that I didn't know, I, I, I definitely think there was way more risk in that. And I don't know if I would, you know, how successful I would be, but knowing the coffee industry well yeah. makes it a little bit easier to, to know like how to be successful or like where to, what to do well and, or like danger spots, you yeah. know? Um, and then I think like doing your homework well, like having a good, like, you know, doing all your calculations and at least trying to understand like, okay, realistically, what do we have to do to make this business work? Like, what are the numbers I think is important. And even in a basic way, like don't just go in naively and just think that it'll work. Um, and then like, I think it's always good to, to have like a, at least some element of like passion for your business. I think it helps because I mean, I'm sure you too, there's times where you're just like, uh, would not be worth it if I wasn't like really into what I was doing, right? Like the, some of the grunt work that everyone has to do for those late nights, I think it's, you know, it's not worth it when you don't really love what you're doing, I guess. So I think that's another part is to, to have at least a passion for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Find that if like, you're not passionate about it, you're only doing it for the money, like you'll get tired of it really quick. Yeah, totally. And there's other ways to make money. Like, you know, real estate is probably a better one than coffee. I'll tell you that. But like, you know, you don't work this hard um, without having like a passion for it. So I I learned that a lot because I got into a lot of businesses that I realized I had no passion for. Oh, cool. Yeah. (laughs) And and they didn't obviously um, like last, right? Because when it got really hard, I was like, I don't want to do this. Yeah, it just doesn't feel worth it. And you don't have like that extra drive or like the extra spark of like coming up with more creative, you know, solutions to your challenges. So I think it, it is important. And, you know, sometimes not everyone has a passion. And I think that's fine too. But I think you just need to genuinely, I guess, care for what you're doing in some way. So that's good advice. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, I guess where can we find you guys? Um, well, the easiest thing right now is uh, online. Like if you order on our website, monogramcoffee.com for your, I guess for Calgary, like we do next day delivery on like beans and stuff. So I think that's great. And then just visit any of our stores and like our university district is opening next week. So uh, I think having a good cafe in the Northwest um, will be great as well too. So that one I'm excited for. So hopefully next week, but yeah, otherwise, and then socials. So. And Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Instagram. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'll be looking forward to checking out the the new location. Yeah, I know. I wish like it was non pandemic. We could have like a big opening party and definitely have you two there, but now it's like very hard. <laughs> do those things so just do an outdoor thing like uh yeah i know but like there's only so much sidewalk space you can (laughs) (laughs) it's probably not about that yeah yeah maybe like a like a token or something like that like a redeem coupon or something that they can just come 
whenever. Yeah, totally. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> we'll have to talk about it after. Yeah. Yeah, we'll come check it out once the things open up and uh, bring the team there. Yeah, mm-hmm. we can work on some uh, maybe some joint uh, marketing branding stuff. That'd be yeah, cool. for sure. Yeah, you bet. Love that stuff. So awesome. Cool. Okay. Well, thanks so much for uh, you know taking the time today and and uh, doing the call with us. And, mm-hmm. uh, we appreciate uh, your words and uh, wisdom. <laughs> like I said, they're just words. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I really appreciate the time too, and uh, for even asking me to to be a part of it. So, um, yeah, I think what you two are doing are really cool, and I, I love the community it builds too with like fellow, you know, not same industry but same spirit of like wanting to build something, and I think it's really cool. So, congrats on uh, your success um, as well too. Yeah, we appreciate that. <laughs> thanks. Okay, awesome. thanks, Jason. Well, hey, Dave. Well, yes. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.